welcome to the sermon podcast of Paoli Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Jonathan Mexel. Well, as many of you know, today is uh, my last Sunday before embarking on a three-month sabbatical. Um, you, as a congregation, are giving me this gift of some extended time um, away from the church for some rest, for reconnecting with God, reconnecting with family, and, and um, just having a, a time of refreshment and renewal. And I am um, grateful, very, very grateful for this opportunity. Um, it's a privilege that you are extending to me and to my family, and I really, really appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, we have received a, a grant from the Lilly uh, Endowment Clergy Renewal Program and are looking forward to being able to utilize that for some fun kinds of travel and some other kinds of activities. Um, but it really is an opportunity to, to just um, rest and uh, reconnect, like I said, with God and with my family. And so I really, really appreciate that. And on the one hand, I recognize that, that this extended time for rest and refresh, refreshment that, I, that I'm being afforded here in the next couple of months um, is a tremendous privilege that many people don't have the opportunity to experience, particularly over an extended period of time like that. But this notion of taking a Sabbath, this notion of finding time and space in our lives for rest, for reconnection with God, is not something that's just limited to a special few in Scripture. In fact, we read in the Ten Commandments, the, perhaps the most well-known uh, lists of rules in human history, of guidance in human history, one of those Ten Commandments is a call to remember the Sabbath. And in fact, it's, it's something that we all are called to do in sometimes big ways and sometimes small ways, but we are called to remember the Sabbath. And this morning, I want for us in the moments that we have together to think a little bit together about what this means. What does it mean to remember the Sabbath? What difference does that make in all of our lives? How does remembering the Sabbath enhance the ways that we go about the everyday activities of our lives? And how are we re-engaged and refreshed for the activities of life? And so to understand this, we're going to read this passage from Exodus chapter 20, where one of the Ten Commandments is given to us this call to remember the Sabbath. And we read this in Exodus chapter 20. It says there, beginning in verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or your female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, the, the Ten Commandments are probably the most well-known set of guidelines, set of rules in the history of humanity. We've heard them many times, and many of us can probably recite them, um, if not in exactly the right order, at least getting the gist of them. But how often do you think about their application for your life? How often do you ask yourself whether or not you are living them out in your life as, as God would desire? How often do you consider these Ten Commandments as actual invitations from God to experience the guidance and the best that God has 
for our lives. As we, if we were to look at them, and we're not going to have time this morning to look at all 10 of those commandments, but if we were to do that, you may recognize that they're basically split into two segments. The first four of those 10 commandments focus largely on humanity's relationship with God, our relationship with God and God's relationship with us and, and, and the call in, in that regard. And then the last six of them focus more on our human interactions with one another. Both sets of those relationships are important. Both are given time and space in these lists of directives. But the call to remember the Sabbath, the one that we just read about here this morning, is in this first list of four commandments that, that highlight and focus on our relationship with God. It joins in the call to have no other gods before God, the call to, make, uh, to not make an idol for worship, and the call to not misuse the name of the Lord. We could spend a lot of time, we could spend sermon after sermon, week after week, thinking about and studying those in depth and in detail. But this morning, we are going to look more closely at that fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And to, to think about that, we're going to look first at the, what's happening here in the Old Testament, and then we're going to, to shift our focus a little bit into the New Testament where Jesus responds to some of the ways that this was being lived out in his day and, and how he could encourage and respond us in the midst of that. So to, to better understand this fourth commandment, the writer of Exodus actually gives a, a greater explanation for the, the call to remember the Sabbath than what we have for some of the other commandments that are listed there. But in order to understand what it means to remember the Sabbath, the, the writer here in Exodus actually looks at the opposite of remembering the Sabbath, and that is work, the importance of work, how significant work is in all of our lives. Work is an important part of life. We were created to work. Contrary to what sometimes we think, work was actually a, a part of life in the garden even prior to the fall, even prior to sin entering the picture. Sin made that work more difficult. Sin made it less productive and, and made it harder to, to go about um, engaging in that work. But we were created to be people that were productive, to be engaged in work. And in fact, in doing so, we're following after the example of God, who it says in Scripture, worked for six days, worked in the creation of all of the universe. God worked, and we are created to work, to make a difference, to be productive in how we go about our lives. This productive work of life is, is an important part of life. But here's the lesson that we start to learn in this particular scripture, in this particular commandment. While work is an important part of life, work is not an ultimate part of life. You see, after working for six days, God rested. And in resting, he sets for us, like an example that he set for us in working, he also sets for us an example to emulate in resting after our work. It's important to work hard. It's important to be productive in life. But it's also important for our work to come to an end. God rested after six days of creation. And we are instructed, we are encouraged to refrain from work as well. Now, the instructions about refraining from work are, are pretty clear and pretty all-encompassing in this passage. Again, more so than what we get with some of the other commandments that we find here in these Ten Commandments. The person being addressed was called to refrain from work. 
But it wasn't just that person that was called to refrain from work. It says here in this description, you, your son or your daughter, your male or your female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your town. That's a pretty exhaustive list, isn't it? There's a pretty exhaustive list of, of people and things that are, that are covered in this call to rest. It was a comprehensive ceasing of the normal activities of life for one day. It was a special day set apart by God. God rested on the seventh day of creation, and God calls us to, to recognize his blessing of the Sabbath day as he set it apart. Now, we might ask why God would institute a day like this to stop from working. What was the significance of that day for the people of Israel and for us? As we think about that, probably the, the most obvious stop of a day for working was to rest our bodies. Perhaps as a way of acknowledging the limits that we are, are created to have as human beings and to curb our desire for control, God created us with the need to not be able to go full steam ahead 24-7 all the time. On a daily basis, we all need to sleep. We all need times of rest. Some of us can get away with shorter periods of sleep than others. And some of us for shorter periods of time in our lives might kind of cheat that a little bit. But at some point, we all have to rest. At some point, we all on a regular basis have to rest. And it happens most in our lives on a daily basis. But as God was outlining, creating us and, and, and making, this, um, make, making us to live in this world, God also created us to have a day a week that was set aside for rest. And God invites us to this day aside that's set for rest as well. Just sleeping and working every day. If every day was sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, work, that gets pretty monotonous, doesn't it? It's pretty nice to have a day a week that's a little bit different from that sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, work cycle that happens all the time. And you see, that, that highlights for us that this, this command, this call of God, is actually an invitation. It's actually a blessing to all of us. It is possible that, 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 that we, could, we could have been created for a world in which we didn't have this opportunity. But God created us to have these rhythms of life. And God invites us to take advantage of this opportunity for a weekly time set aside for doing something different. And this is where that all-encompassing nature of this command comes into play. It could be that we would hear this call and we'd understand, okay, well, the sort of the people at the top of all of this structure, the people that are, that are in charge, they get a day off, but everyone else has to work to support their, the, the people at the top's day off. But that's not what is the instructions that are, that are found here that we see, is it? It wasn't just for the people sort of at, at the top of the power structure who get the day of rest. It's, it's a day off for all people. It's a day off for everyone. God's plan, God's invitation was to achieve rest for all. And it's a, it's a day we get to do. We, we get to, are invited to enjoy this day, guilt-free rest. It's a day when we don't have to feel bad for spending extra time with our family. It's a day when we don't have to feel bad for taking a nap. It's a day when we don't have to feel uh, bad for setting aside our, our normal work to engage more fully with God. This call to remember the Sabbath is an invitation, and it's an invitation to a gift of rest. 
the call to remember the Sabbath is also a day to remember and to recognize our trust and our dependence on God. When we think about refraining from work, we aren't concerned that our lives are in danger if we don't work for another day. We have plenty of food in most cases in our pantries. We have modern conveniences like refrigeration that allow us to go a day without, without trying to go out there and, and make food work. We, we kind of lose a little bit of, of what happens in cultures and in situations where, that are a little bit more subsistence and a little more um, uh, based on needing to go out and actually get your food every day. In times like ancient Israel, in times like other parts of the world, by taking a day off of your regular work, it can mean the difference. It can be difficult to take a day off and actually be able to survive, be able to get through that day. But in inviting the people of Israel in the book of Exodus to take a day off, God is reminding them that God will take care of their needs. That they aren't the ones who are ultimate, the ultimate sources of what it is that they have and how they get about living their lives. In fact, a short time after this, this commandment was given, when the people of Israel were wandering in the desert for 40 years, we see this come before them in a very real and very tangible way. Because on a daily basis, God would provide food for the people in the form of manna. And they were called to go out in the morning and to collect the manna that they would need for that day's sustenance. But they were given very careful and very clear instructions that they were only to gather enough for that day. In fact, it says that if, if they took more than what they needed for that day, when they woke up on the second day, the day after, it would be spoiled and it wouldn't be worthwhile to eat. But there was one exception to that way that manna came to them. On the sixth day, they were to collect two days worth of manna. They were to collect enough, not just for the sixth day, but for the seventh day as well. And when they woke up on the seventh day, unlike the other days, that manna would not be spoiled. In fact, it would be prepared for them, it would be ready for them to eat on the seventh day, just like they did on the sixth day. And in that way, God reminded the people of Israel that even when they had food in front of them, it came to them from God. And that they could trust and depend on God in the midst. And while we aren't necessarily dependent on working every day to make sure that we have food on our table, we are, in many real respects, um, we can very easily fall into the trap of thinking that if we don't work that seventh day, that somehow the, our lives will not be as complete and will not be as full as what they would be otherwise. We can easily convince ourselves that our existence, our way of getting about life is dependent on us continuing to work as hard as possible. And for those of us in a modern culture, it's a reminder to us as well, much like it was very real and tangible to the people of Israel, that it is God who gives us the ability and strength to go about the activities of our lives. And that it is God who provides for us, and that by taking a day off of work, it's actually a way of recognizing God's provision and God's way of guiding and directing our lives. The people of Israel were encouraged. They were encouraged to remember the Sabbath day. They were instructed and they were commanded to remember the Sabbath day. And in the midst of doing that, they had the ability to receive rest for their bodies and renewal and restoration of their relationship with God, reminded, reminded that it was God who was at work and God who was in control of their lives. Well, as this was lived out 
throughout the rest of the Old Testament, we see again and again that, that the people, they followed the commands of God. But as happens in Scripture, and as happens sometimes in our world as well, over time, the original intent of what God had in mind began to get distorted a little bit, began to get lost. You see, they started out, the, the religious leaders started out wanting to make sure that the, that the call to remember the Sabbath was protected and that it was, they were making sure that, 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 it, was, that it was confined and, and would not be broken. And so in addition to remembering the Sabbath, they began to establish uh, an entire additional set of rules that, that began to define what it meant to remember the Sabbath. What did it mean to, to stop working? How, how far was too far? Where were those lines? Instead of living into this relationship with God and this gift that God had given to them, they began to add to it so that they could clearly understand and clearly define where those lines were, where they, could, where they needed to stop and where they, where they couldn't go any further. And in the midst of that, particularly over hundreds of years, they began to develop this whole elaborate system that went far beyond what God had originally instructed them. It got to the point when we get to the New Testament that, that they were coming to Jesus and they were beginning to identify things in ways that Jesus lived, ways that his followers were living. And they began to say, hey, Jesus, I don't think you're actually following in the rules that God established. Now, Jesus had been a follower of the Sabbath. Jesus followed the, the commands and the, uh, and the rules of God. But Jesus also helped the people of his day and helped us to better understand what it means to live out this call to remember the Sabbath. And so I'm going to read a, a second passage this morning from the New Testament where Jesus says in Mark chapter 2, a response, a response to, to some of these extra rules that have been placed on God's command related to the Sabbath. Here in Mark chapter 2, beginning with verse 23, we read this. One Sabbath, he was going through the cornfields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was the high priest and he ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. And then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. In all of their rules, the religious leaders had forgotten that the Sabbath was given for the benefit of humanity. The rules put into place were for the, for the enjoyment and for the spiritual health and the physical health and the spiritual growth of the people who were involved. Now this isn't an excuse to ignore the rules that God sets before us. But it is a guidance not to add to them as well. And so what, what Jesus was saying to them was, you need to understand at the heart of what was said in remembering the Sabbath, this was a gift to humanity. This was a gift to grow in relationship with God, to grow in relationships with one another, and to receive and to experience the rest that our bodies so desperately need. And, you know, we don't have to look back real far in our own history, only a generation or so, to see many parts of the church and even in our broader culture that, that did in some ways something rather similar. 
I, I remember hearing stories um, from the generation of my parents and growing up in a, in a fairly conservative kind of church environment where they weren't allowed to play sports on Sunday because it was, it was deemed that that would be exerting themselves too much and that that wouldn't be remembering the Sabbath. And so instead of, instead of doing something that was refreshing, something that would have been fun to them, um, particularly kids were, were forced to sit and to, and to remain in silence, something that was much more difficult to them than if they'd been able to just play and, and run around and enjoy the day. We had things like blue laws in a lot of, uh, in a lot of the country that, that, would, that would close stores and restaurants on Sunday. And the intent of those laws was to protect the special day, to protect the people from needing to work, to protect it as, as a special day. But sometimes in doing so, the impact made the day less enjoyable and allowed, and in some ways, put greater restrictions on the people involved. Now, unfortunately, in many respects, our culture today has swung that pendulum back almost 180 degrees in the opposite direction. In many respects, for many in our culture today, there's little difference between Sunday and any other day of the week. You hear, you hear the, the, the reports from things like grocery stores, and they say that Sunday is the busiest day of shopping, and they make the most sales of the entire week. And so in many respects, we've, we've kind of swung that pendulum back the other way. We don't have to be legalistic about it, but we also shouldn't be casual about it either. Sabbath is a gift to each one of us, and it's important for us to receive that gift and to take advantage of the benefits that God invites us to receive. So how do we do that? How do we live out this call of God? What is the significance of Sabbath in our lives? Before I get into what I think are probably the two biggest ways that we can receive nourishment and, and, and follow after this call of God, I want to make a real quick um, aside, and that is to, to ask the question and to answer the question, why is it that we think of this, this special day as being Sunday, when in fact the people of Israel, when they talked about Sabbath, they were talking about the seventh day. They were talking about Saturday. When the people of Israel were engaging in this uh, seven-day pattern. Their six days of worship were what we would call Sunday through Friday. And then on Saturday, that was the Sabbath day, the day that was set aside. And we remember and recognize that a lot of what God was instructing the people of Israel to do on that Sabbath was to remember, was to remember what God had done in creation. And later it was to remember what God had done through the Exodus, bringing them out of Egypt and, and leading them toward the promised land. It was a day of remembering, remembering what God was doing and being renewed in a relationship with God. But as we move into the New Testament, there's a shift in what we remember. These acts of God, these, the acts of creation, the act of remembering through the Exodus are, are recognized as significant, but not as significant as what we celebrate on Easter. And that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we can enjoy an even closer relationship with God than was possible before. We can enjoy an eternal rejuvenation as we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And because of the significance of the resurrection, the early church switched its significant day from Sabbath. They still, in the early church, would go to the synagogue on, on the seventh day. But they also began to recognize the significance of Sunday, of that day of remembering and recognizing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so it is that we in the church today, we recognize this significant day as Sunday, a day in which we can incorporate and we can, in which we can um, follow after the call to remember the Sabbath, but also to remember the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ. So what are those two key significant things that we gain by following this command of God? We first of all gain this renewal and this refreshment in our relationship with God. God sets this time apart in our lives when we put other things aside to focus on him. And that's why we gather together in public worship. That's why we gather together to, to do something different on Sunday morning than what we do at other times of the week. It's to re-engage and re-energize our brain and our mind and our relationship with God. As with any relationship, if, you, if, if your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your family, your friends, if you never spent time with those people, those relationships begin to get cold. They begin to get, you begin to drift away. And in a similar way, this opportunity on Sunday is a reminder to draw us back, to remind us that God is with us each day of our lives, but to have this special time when we are reminded of God. And hopefully that reminder then spills out into the rest of our week where we recognize God's presence with us on a daily basis and are renewed in that relationship. But the second big thing that we focused on a lot here this morning is this invitation in Sabbath, not just to be renewed in our relationship with God, but also to be renewed in our physical well-being and our relationships with others. It's that renewal of our, our physical bodies that's critically important. Like our relationship with God, our spiritual relationship with God needs this periodic times of refreshment. God created our physical bodies to need that refreshment as well. And it's this gift of an invitation to guilt-free rest, to guilt-free refreshment, to guilt-free renewal with people around us that God invites us today. Our world is a very busy place. I don't have to tell you that. It seems there's always something, somewhere to go, something to do, something that's trying to pull at our attention. God designed us and God designed our world to have these times of respite, these times of being set apart, these times of Sabbath. And it's an invitation from God to each one of us. And so as we prepare for the, the weeks, the months ahead of us, summer is one of those times in all of our lives where there's often a little bit of a different kind of schedule, all different kinds of rhythms. May we recognize this invitation from God to remember the Sabbath, to remember those times for refreshment in our relationship with God, to remember and recognize those times for refreshment and replenishment in our relationship with others, those times for rest, those times for allowing God to rejuvenate us, to draw us closer to himself. May we all recognize that gift and may we all recognize the invitation and the opportunities to receive that gift in each of our lives. God has done for us what we can't do for ourselves. And the foundation on which that rests, that foundation on which all of our relationship with God stems is what Jesus Christ did for us in coming to this earth, in living a life being an example for us, teaching us, and then dying on a cross to pay the penalty for your sins and mine. And then three days later, not remaining dead, but rising from the grave. And in doing so, demonstrating once and for all his power, demonstrating once and for all the, the validity of his work, and demonstrating once and for all the invitation and the opportunity for eternal life for all of us who receive that gift of hope and that gift of forgiveness. And so this morning, we are invited to this table, prepared for us 
as a clear reminder to us of God's love, God's care, and God's provision. Let us pray. Lord God, we are grateful today. The ways that you love us. The ways that you came into this earth to be for us a payment for our sin. And that you rose again, giving us hope of eternal life. Lord God, today as we share in this bread and we share in the cup, we pray, Lord God, that you would bless these elements. That you would use them for us today as clear reminders of your presence with us. As clear reminders for us of your body that was broken for our sins. Of your blood that was shed that we could be forgiven. We thank you, Lord God, for this gift today. Pray that you would bless this time and bless these elements as we share them together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.